Blog Talk Radio. listening to PGN Prophetic Grace Network. I am your host, Nicole, the Book of Revelation Research Scientist. I am excited about what God has for you and me today. We'll be talking about the Book of Revelation. This is Secrets Revealed. Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. We're in the middle of our year-long series on each of the statements of prophecy, each of the documentaries, if you will, in the book of Revelation. We'll be talking about the seven plagues prophecy. That is the seventh vision that John the Revelator was shown in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 4, we have John's report on heaven. And he shares that he was shown visions. These weren't visions that he caused himself to have. These were visions external to himself, visions that were moving pictures with words. In today's vernacular, we would refer to those as movies. But he wasn't shown just any kind of movie or vision or moving picture, he was shown moving pictures that reflect realities, soon coming future realities, realities about what you might say, realities about the great tribulation, realities about the seven-year period within which the three-and-a-half-year great tribulation will occur. Realities about the wrath of Satan. Realities about the wrath of God. Realities about the battle of Armageddon. Realities about the millennial reign. What's that? That's the 1,000-year period that begins with Jesus Christ fighting and winning the war waged in righteousness. Revelation chapter 19 tells us that the battle of Armageddon is a war waged in righteousness. It is a war which will see Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven pitted against Antichrist and the armies of the kings of the world. They will come to... uh, They will come to Israel at the appointed time, which is an appointed day and hour, and repeatedly we hear in the Bible, in the books of the minor prophets and the major prophets, and on that day. We hear that phrase over and over again on that day. But let us get to the key topics for today. So today we're talking about the seven plagues prophecy, which is in Revelation chapter 14. As I mentioned at the start of our time today, it's the seventh of 
12 statements of prophecy, you might say, well, where do you get that from? That's by my analysis as a research scientist, as I have prayed about and studied the book of Revelation. My perception is that these visions that John the Revelator was shown are actually 12 visions that he was shown in a row. And the reason that we know for sure that there's more than one report on the same event is because the Battle of Armageddon doesn't happen three or four times. It happens one time. The second coming of Jesus Christ doesn't happen uh, two, three, four, five times. It happens one time. His soon coming, second coming, but it's reported several times in the book of Revelation. So that's an important secret to know. Now, I want to focus on two things today. Let's start with talking about the movie trailer that appears for each of the documentaries in the book of Revelation. So what's a movie trailer, and why do we care about it when we're talking about the book of Revelation? A reason why many people don't teach on or preach on the book of Revelation is because they haven't yet received excellent instruction on how to understand it. So part of my assignment is to provide excellent instruction on how to understand the book of Revelation. So I want to share with you an important secret, a key secret, a significant secret about the book of Revelation, and that's this. Every documentary in the book of Revelation, beginning with chapter 5 and ending with verse 5 of chapter 12, every documentary, every vision John the Revelator was shown has two parts. He was shown a movie trailer for the visions, and then he was shown a larger vision, in other words, the full movie, the full documentary of the future event. Now think about this. If we are talking about 4th of July celebrations in the United States of America, we could make many documentaries on those. If I was tasked with making a documentary and you were tasked with making a documentary, and then let's just throw in two more people, your neighbor and my neighbor, now we have four individuals making a documentary about the 4th of July of 2023. My documentary might include footage that your documentary includes, but it might not. But there might be a little bit of overlap because each of us would have a documentary about the same day, even though my footage would focus on things that happened in uh, from my perspective. Where, what's my perspective? Well, I'm in the DMV, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, so my footage would focus on that. Maybe you're in Texas or maybe you're in Georgia or Alaska or Montana, wherever you are, and based on what's most important to you, that would determine what footage you want to include. So when we look at the book of Revelation, it's like that. An omniscient, in other words, an all-knowing God made thoughtful decisions 
about how he wanted to present realities in the future. And many of these realities are happening at the same point in time. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is at the second coming of Jesus Christ, there are many key events. There, uh, for example, there's the harvest of those who are in heaven. So those who have died in Christ, the wheat, the good fish, the sheep, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life and who have fallen asleep, one thing that happens at the second coming of Jesus Christ is the resurrection of that specific group. Another thing that happens at the time of the second coming is the harvest of another group. What's that? The 144,000. We talked about that earlier this year with that prophecy. A third thing that happens at the time of the second coming, um, and not in any particular order right now, is the transition from mortality to immortality for those of us who are in Christ and on this present earth at the time of his second coming. And so these are three different things, important events happening in the same timing, but to communicate realities about those events, God chose to create 12 documentaries. So the first nine focus on events leading up to uh, and often including the second coming of Jesus Christ, and the final three documentaries focus on what happens after the government of Jesus Christ begins? For example, documentary number 10, The Millennial Reign Prophecy in Revelation 20, that focuses exclusively on the thousand-year period that begins after the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won. So that's Revelation 20, verses 1 to 10, The Millennial Reign Prophecy. Then there's another documentary the dead judge prophecy that focuses exclusively on what happens in the timing after the after Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. In other words, after Satan is destroyed, after Satan experiences the second death, after he joins the Antichrist and false prophet in the lake of fire, that's in Gehenna, there's a great white throne judgment where the last two enemies of God are destroyed. That's the great white throne judgment. That has its own documentary, Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. And then finally, the culminating documentary. In other words, the culminating statement of prophecy. So why am I using that language interchangeably? A statement of prophecy is simply one of the visions John the Revelator was shown is referred to later in the book of Revelation as a statement of prophecy in the Amplified Classic Translation. Uh, it's a vision, moving picture, a documentary in words. He didn't have the benefit of a cell phone or a camera where he could record what he was shown and then email that to us or text it to us or post it on his website. He was limited to the technology that existed at that time, paper and pencil, or perhaps uh, 
some other writing utensil and uh, parchment. <laughs> okay, so the 12th, the culminating documentary in the culminating book of the Bible is the New Earth Prophecy. The New Earth Prophecy. What happens after all of God's enemies are destroyed? After Jesus has, Christ has put all of God's enemies under his feet and God relocates from the present heaven to the new earth and this old earth is folded up. The Bible says it'll, it's going to wear out and he'll fold it up like an old cloak and we transition to a new earth. So a little bit of background there. Now let's talk about these documentaries in the book of Revelation. These movies, these visions, John the Revelator was shown. So today we're going to focus on the seven plagues prophecy. We're talking about it on every program in July of 2023. Each one begins with a movie trailer. Now this is a very interesting uh, creative and editorial decision that God made, and I love it. I just love it, and let me tell you why. It's very useful to see a movie trailer before you see the movie because it connects you to the key issues from the perspective of the director. It highlights key conflicts, key characters, and essentially in a very short amount of time you get a broad perspective on something that happens typically over a larger period of time. But it happens fast, so it's relatively easy to process. Now, as thinkers and learners, we all think and learn differently. And so in professional writing, they create something that is similar to a movie trailer. In fact, it's the same thing, but we call it an abstract. And that's just a fancy word for movie trailer for written document. Now, when do we use an abstract? Most often an abstract appears when there's a nonfiction work that is complex. In other words, some kind of work that has multiple sections, multiple layers, lots of details. And so, for example, if you look at an article about a study in the New England Journal of Medicine, it will begin with its own movie trailer, that's an abstract, and then it's followed by the full report. Now, when we look at a document that uses this format, like the Book of Revelation, chapters 5 verse 1 to verse 5 of chapter 22 when we look at the book of revelation when you look at it i need you to understand what you're looking at i need you to understand that beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5 and ending with verse 5 of chapter 22 you're going to see 12 documentaries reported in words in a row, and each one has its own movie trailer followed by the movie. And when you know this secret, it unlocks your ability to understand what God is showing you. It unlocks your ability to know 
where you are in the book of Revelation. And when you know where you are, you can connect to when you are in time. So you want to know, am I before the second coming of Jesus Christ or am I after the second coming of Jesus Christ? Am I in the timing of the wrath of Satan, that's the great tribulation, or are we now talking about the timing of the wrath of God, which happens after the great tribulation? Am I in the seven-year period, Daniel's 70th week, or am I after Daniel's 70th week? Am I before? So we can keep going like this, but you always need to know when you are in time relative to the key events. For example, when we look at the new earth prophecy and it's talking about the earth, we need to know, is this when all the believers are three in one again in a physical, tangible body on the earth? Or is it when some believers are in heaven and some believers are on the earth? So we need to know where and when we are in time in order to understand the book of Revelation. And the way to know that is to know what documentary am I in. Let me give you a quick example. If you, if you learn with me as I share every week and every month about the book of Revelation, you will discover, and we have basic study notes on the blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic website, if you learn with me over time, you will discover and gain expertise in what are the 12 visions, what are the 12 documentaries in the book of Revelation, and that will allow you to catapult into uh, the future. That will allow you to wrap your brain around these complex events in a way that is easy. Have you ever read something, and then at the end of reading it, even though you read every word and you could comprehend individually every word, you kind of don't really, you didn't hold on to it. It didn't seep in. And so I'm talking and we're analyzing and discussing in a way so that it can seep in. Let me give you a quick example. The marriage supper prophecy focuses exclusively on the Battle of Armageddon. Now, the Battle of Armageddon is mentioned in multiple documentaries in the book of Revelation, but if you know that Revelation chapter 19, verse, verses 6 to 21, that that's the marriage supper prophecy, and it's only about the Battle of Armageddon, that makes it super, super, super easy for you to now unlock the other secrets that are in that documentary. Okay, so let us talk about the seven plagues prophecy. That's an exciting documentary in the book of Revelation. Let me share uh, where the movie trailer is. So the movie trailer for the seven plagues prophecy is Revelation chapter 15. So the seven plagues prophecy is the prophecy that tells us about the wrath of God. Now, the wrath of God, well, you say, well, what is it? The wrath of God follows the wrath of Satan. Let's compare and contrast the wrath of Satan 
to the wrath of God briefly. So the wrath of Satan is a great tribulation for believers. The wrath of God is a great tribulation for unbelievers who have taken the mark of the beast. Let me say that again. The wrath of Satan is a great tribulation for those who are team Jesus and those who are in Israel who will be re, who will be worshiping in the rebuilt temple at the time of the rule and reign of the antichrist in contrast to the the wrath of satan which will be pain trials and tribulations for believers and jewish people in israel the wrath of God will be trials and tribulations and pain for those who have taken the mark of the beast, those who have aligned with the Antichrist, those who are under the ministry of the false prophet, those who have partaken in the sins of the harlot church. Let's do another thing to allow us to understand differences between the wrath of God and the wrath of Satan, because today we're talking about the wrath of God, the seven plagues prophecy, the wrath of Satan is a great tribulation that's 42 months, that's three and a half years according to Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 13, and elsewhere in the Bible. The wrath of God is for a shorter period of time. Now, let us go to the movie trailer for The Wrath of God, The Seven Plagues Prophecy. Notice that when we look at a movie trailer, it covers a large period of time. But it's written or it's shown, both really, in a way where it allows the reader, the viewer, the watcher to understand what is happening. So we're going to look at the movie trailer for the seven plagues prophecy today. That's Revelation chapter 15. Last Sunday we talked about the movie chapter 16. So the movie trailer has only eight verses in contrast to the full report which has 21 verses, chapter 16. Now let's keep in mind, what is the purpose of a movie trailer? The purpose is to alert us to what is most important in terms of key players, key issues, key conflicts from the perspective of the director or writer. So we're going to learn what's most important from the perspective of God. What is the context for the events shown in the movie? And later, or maybe uh, you've already heard chapter 16 or you've read chapter 16, 
now you will understand why uh, one, two, or maybe even three or four things mentioned in Chapter 15 are noted again in Chapter 16. So, for example, when you go to see the Mission Impossible movie after you saw the Mission Impossible trailer, you're not confused when you see Tom Cruise uh, do something that you saw him do in the movie trailer because you know that there are scenes, several, maybe all of the scenes in the movie trailer that will appear in the larger work, which is the movie. So always there are scenes in the movie trailer for each documentary in the book of Revelation that appear again in the full documentary. So now we won't be confused uh, by that. Okay, so here we are, Revelation 15, verses 1 to 8. I'm going to read that now, and then we will analyze and discuss what God is sharing with us. John the Revelator says, and this is the Seven Plagues Prophecy movie trailer. Then I saw in heaven another marvelous event of great significance. Seven angels were holding the seven last plagues, which would bring God's wrath to completion. I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them. And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds have been revealed. Then I looked and saw that the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle, was thrown wide open. The seven angels who were holding the seven plagues came out of the temple. They were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chests. Then one of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. That is the movie trailer in words for the seven plagues prophecy. Let's get to analysis starting with verse 1. So John tells us in verse 1 that he sees seven angels, and each angel has one of the last plagues. Now, why does it talk about the last plagues? Well, these are the seven final plagues. These are the seven final plagues that happen, and after this, Jesus Christ returns. They're, they're, so final means final. It means no more. 
at the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's a war waged in righteousness, the battle of Armageddon. That's the last war that will ever be fought. And before the last war that will ever be fought, there are the seven final plagues. So there will be no more plagues according to the book of Revelation after this. That's good news. Remember, during the time of Moses, God used plagues to communicate his displeasure, to punish, to judge those who were oppressing his people. And he will do the same thing again. But this time is the last time because we are on our way to a world, to a new earth with no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more death. That's the new earth documentary in the book of Revelation. So we're on our way to that. Before we get to that, there will be seven last plagues, we're told, in verse 1 of chapter 15. And it tells us that these plagues do something very important. Quote, Bring God's wrath to completion. Now, remember, Daniel's 70th week discussed in uh, the book of Daniel, uh, chapter, I believe it's chapter 9. Daniel's 70th week talks about the reality that the last week, so it's a 490-year prophecy, each, uh, each week is seven years, we're told when we study that prophecy in the book of Daniel that at the end of that last week, so the, at the end of the final seven years, God will no longer be mad at Israel. And when he's no longer mad at Israel, that means that she has his affection again. And when she has his affection again, she has his protection. And that's why he returns at that point in time to fight and win the Battle of Armageddon, to fight and win a war to protect to restore Israel to her former glory. And so let's continue. It's been established in verse 1 of chapter 15 that the seven plagues prophecy is about seven final plagues. And these plagues reflect God's wrath. And at the end of these plagues, God's wrath will come to completion. In verse 2, something very interesting happens that uh, gives us information about timing of a specific population. So one of the things that sometimes I believe is frustrating for uh, people reading the book of Revelation is that we're reading it and we're looking for us. <laughs> We're looking for where am I in the book of Revelation? And I promise you, you are in the book of Revelation, but neither me nor you is in every documentary. Sometimes these documentaries tell us about realities for specific populations. So here in verse 2, as we see in multiple documentaries in the book of Revelation, God has chosen to communicate what is the experience of those individuals who are in Christ at the time of the second coming who are martyred. 
So in Revelation chapter 20, John the Revelator also talks about this group. So there are believers. So every believer, every person who is team Jesus has his or her name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now we're going to drill down to talk again about a specific group. What about those believers who are here during the Great Tribulation? You say, well, research scientists, we're not going to be here during the Great Tribulation. Well, that assertion, that belief conflicts with the reality documented in Revelation 20 chapter uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, John the Revelator tells us that there are believers who will be here during the great tribulation who are martyred, who lose their lives on account of their witnessing for Jesus Christ because they refuse to take the mark of the beast because they refuse to bow down to the statue commissioned by the false prophet as reported in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Now, here we have further evidence of the post-tribulation uh, rapture because we have a report in the seven plagues prophecy where it tells us that there are people who were victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. Now, how are they victorious? Every person who's here during the Great Tribulation who is a believer will transition from mortality to immortality. But individuals are in three groups. So those who are in Christ during the Great Tribulation, some will fall asleep due to uh, natural causes. So they will, uh, they, will, they will become disembodied. They will die during the Great Tribulation for, uh, due to natural causes, an accident, old age, uh, illness, etc., etc. Then there are those who are here during the Great Tribulation who will die because they are martyred. And then finally, there are those believers who are here during the Great Tribulation who will never, ever die, but will simply transition from mortality to immortality in the blink of an eye, as reported in Corinthians. Let me give uh, you two scriptures. Let's look briefly at two scriptures in the book of Revelation that also uh, focus on the reality of one of these three groups. So we see over and over again that God is choosing to focus on what happens to believers who die during the Great Tribulation. Now, not every believer is going to die during the Great Tribulation. Many will remain giving instruction, and we know that not every believer will die because uh, Paul says, I tell you a secret. Not all of us should fall asleep, but we will all transition from mortality to immortality. Okay, so what did he mean by that? Not everybody's going to die because there's that third group of believers who will not die during the Great Tribulation. But what about that second group? In the marriage supper uh, 
excuse me, in the millennial reign prophecy, I want to read from that. John the Revelator says, Revelation 20, chapter 4. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been slain with axes beheaded for their witnessing to Jesus and for preaching and testifying for the word of God and who had refused to pay homage to the beast or his statue and had not accepted his mark or permitted it to be stamped on their foreheads or on their hands. Truth seeker and friend, if you come to the Bible for the purpose of learning rather than the purpose of proving that what you think is already right, you have to let go of the pre-tribulation rapture hypothesis because the compelling evidence, the infallible word of God reveals that there are believers, says right here, who will refuse to pay homage to the beast. Now, you can't refuse to pay homage to the beast or his statue, the statue commissioned by the false prophet, a statue uh, reflecting the beast, the Antichrist, unless you are here and you're told to do it. So you can't have the opportunity to refuse the mark of the beast unless the mark of the beast is available. So if a believer dies today, that believer is not included in this group because the believer hasn't had the opportunity to take the mark of the beast. So what does it all mean? If the first resurrection was pre-tribulation, no believer would have the opportunity to take the mark of the beast. No believer would have the opportunity to refuse to pay homage to the beast or his statue. So we know that there aren't multiple resurrections for believers. There's only one resurrection for believers. And if there's only one resurrection for believers, it happens at one time, and it includes those mentioned by John the Revelator in the Millennial Reign Prophecy. He tells us, and they lived again and ruled with Christ the Messiah a thousand years. So how do they live again? We're going to live again because we will all participate in the first resurrection, every truth seeker and believer in Jesus Christ, all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now let's look at one more place in the book of Revelation to help us understand this. In the seven seals prophecy, in the book of Revelation, it's in chapter 7, the seven seals prophecy, uh, verse 1 of chapter 5 to verse 1 of chapter 8. That's the first documentary in the book of Revelation, the seven seals prophecy, the seven seals documentary. There are those who are in heaven who were martyred. So some believers died of natural causes. For example, my grandmother lived to be in her 90s. She was a believer in Jesus Christ. She attended uh the Baptist Church uh, in Washington, D.C. for more than uh, 30 years. I'm excited and looking forward to seeing my grandmother in her young body. I always knew her as an older person, but I saw pictures of her when she was young and vibrant. As you know, 
uh, due to the curse, our bodies are getting older, but we do everything we can to keep them in great health, and we should do that and be excited about it. But there's coming a day when we'll always be in a peak performance body, when we transition from mortality to immortality. Now, in heaven, there are believers who experience death due to natural causes, and there are believers who experience death because they were martyred. So, for example, Stephen and many of the apostles, they were martyred. They lost their lives because they were witnessing for Jesus Christ. Now, we're looking for evidence in the book of Revelation of the post-tribulation rapture, and specifically we want to understand that God talks about over and over again in the seven seals prophecy, in the millennial reign prophecy, in the uh, seven plagues prophecy that we're looking at today. He talks over and over again explaining, reporting, communicating the reality of what happens to that second group that I mentioned, the believers who are here during the Great Tribulation who are martyred. Let's look at the seven seals prophecy where it talks about it. It says in Revelation chapter 7, Revelation chapter 7, I think I might mean to go to chapter 6. Yes, I do. Revelation chapter 6, we're going to, uh, give me one second. Thank you for your patience. I am in real time, and I had not planned to specifically talk about this, but I think it's important for us to uh, know about this. In the seven seals prophecy, when the fifth seal is opened, okay, I found it. Thank you for your patience. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, there are believers who are in heaven and not, uh, in which believers who are in heaven? So they're different groups, right? They're men who are believers in heaven. They're women who are believers. They're believers from different countries. So they're different groups of believers in heaven. So they're, uh, let's talk about two groups. One way to uh, conceptualize the entire population of believers. They're believers who died uh, because they were martyred, and then believers who died for other reasons. Again, about believers who have died because they are martyred, that group of believers who are currently in heaven, they're asking Jesus. They're talking to Jesus who's in heaven right now in his glorified body. They're talking to Jesus and they say, uh, listen, when when are you going to avenge us? In other words, when is this battle of Armageddon about to happen so that you can take out the Antichrist and the false prophet so we can uh, 
transition from mortality to immortality so that we can establish the government, uh, your government on the earth, rule and reign with you, and then ultimately see you put Satan in the lake of fire. Like, how soon? So let's take a look at this. Because the answer that Jesus gives them is very telling. In this answer, you'll see that Jesus says, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer because there's another group that I'm waiting on. And who's that group? It's the second group. Jesus Christ is saying the timing of my second coming happens after this other group. There's another group of people who are going to be martyred on account of witnessing for me, and he's talking about those believers who will be here during Daniel's 70th week, those believers who will die during that 42-month period, which is the wrath of Satan. Let's hear it. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls, of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus who were to be martyred, had joined them. So the full number happens during the Great Tribulation because the Great Tribulation is followed by the first resurrection. The Great Tribulation is followed by the first resurrection. So after the great tribulation happens, we have the first resurrection. So let's back up. What are we saying? The wrath of Satan is followed by the first resurrection, which is followed by the wrath of God. So let's continue with our analysis. So here in verse 2 of chapter 15, we're in the seven plagues prophecy in its movie trailer. We learned that John the Revelator is seeing Prior to the wrath of God happening, he's seeing all in group two. So every person who died during the great tribulation is victorious. How do we know they're victorious? Because they are in heaven. They have overcome the beast and his statue and the number representing his name because they refuse to take the mark of the beast because they are believing for the true mark, the mark of God, which they will have forever and ever as members of the royal race. So we see some very interesting timing in just these two verses. We see that the mark of the beast is administered during the Great Tribulation, Some believers will die during the Great Tribulation, and after they die, the wrath of God is going to come. Now, let's continue. Verse 3 says, And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And we heard the, uh, the lyrics for that song. So 
they have a special song that um, they will learn. Now, you might say, how, how come everyone in heaven isn't singing it? Sometimes people are in affinity groups. For example, you might be um, in a special Bible study for men or a special Bible study for veterans, or you might participate in um, a walking group for new mothers, or you might participate in uh, firearms training for firefighters or police officers. So there are activities that those who have died in Christ as a result of being martyred during the Great Tribulation, that they will have uh, there be a part of that affinity group. And one of the activities is that they'll be singing what's called the Song of Moses. And those lyrics are here. Uh, verses 3 and 4 of Revelation 15. Now let's continue. In verse 5, we learn that John the Revelator continues to be in heaven, and he's looking at what is happening in the temple. Then in verse 6, he sees the seven angels holding the seven plagues. He sees the seven angels holding the seven plagues. And they have on a white linen outfit with a gold sash across their chest, each of them. And then uh, that's in verse 6. And then in verse 7, one of the four living beings described in John's report on heaven in Revelation chapter 4. So one of these uh, four living beings hands each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God. So the wrath of God is somehow contained in individual bowls. There are seven angels in the temple in heaven. Each angel is given one bowl. In the one bowl that the angel contains is the wrath of God. We'll learn later in the full movie what happens when each angel pours out the bowl because that is when the consequences of the plague emerge on this present earth. But here in the movie trailer, John the Revelator's in heaven. He sees each of the seven angels in the temple. One of the four living beings described in chapter 4 um, that one being, that one living being gives each angel a bowl, and each bowl has one of uh, the seven final plagues. And again, as uh, in their totality, they represent the wrath of God. And we were told earlier that they will bring to completion the wrath of God. Okay. Then in verse Eight, it says, the temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. So we know that when the seven plagues are poured out, the wrath of God, those believers who died during the Great Tribulation, they will not be here on the earth because they will be in heaven. I want to pause there 
we are going to continue our discussion and analysis of the seven plagues prophecy on Sunday. Uh, some key summary points for our discussion and analysis today. And as always, if you have a question or comment about the book of Revelation, would you text it to me? Our PGN text number is 1214-505-8719. That's 1214-505-8719. I also invite you to call in to share your perspective or prayer request. The Number to use during the live internet broadcast is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. That's one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. So you can call now. Um, if you call and press one, then that means you're ready to share your perspective or pose a question or present your prayer request. So you're always encouraged and invited to do that during our live internet broadcast. Um, I'm looking here. I don't see anyone with uh, his or her hand raised. So I'm going to continue with some summary points. So today we've been talking about the seven place prophecy and we heard discussion and analysis of its movie trailer, which is chapter 15 in its entirety. We learned that this documentary happens uh, in the timing that occurs after after the full number of believers who are martyred during the Great Tribulation have come to heaven. So what does that mean? After the Great Tribulation, the wrath of Satan ends, then the wrath of God begins. When the wrath of God begins, it's not for those who are team Jesus, it's for those who are team Satan. So the wrath of Satan is for those who are team Jesus. The wrath of God is for those who are team Satan. So this timing of the wrath of God happens after the great tribulation. So there's the great tribulation, and during the great tribulation, believers are still here on the earth. And then following the great tribulation, the wrath of Satan, there is the wrath of God. So we're going to continue with our discussion and analysis on Sunday. We'll be talking more about Daniel's 70th week, what happens exactly during the seven-year period, and we're going to go uh, and look at every verse in chapter 16, analyzing each of the seven final plagues. Remember, the seven plagues prophecy is about the wrath of God. The wrath of God is poured out upon those who are team Satan. The wrath of Satan happens for those who are team Jesus. And those who are in uh, Israel, who are worshiping in the third temple, but the wrath of God is poured out on those who are team Satan, those who have taken the mark of the beast, those who are under the leadership of the Antichrist and the one world government and the ministry of the false prophet. I hope that this has been an interesting discussion for you. I'm so excited to continue our discussion and analysis uh, on the book of Revelation. Please join me and join 
us every Thursday during the live internet broadcast at 9 a.m. Central Time, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and also on Sundays at 12 noon Texas Time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be talking about the seven plagues prophecy, which is the wrath of God in uh, the month of July. In the month of August, we'll be talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. That is a drill down. That's a drill down on what happens during the seventh and final plague timing, what happens to the headquarters of uh, what happens to that great city, Babylon, the headquarters for the harlot church, what happens during the wrath of God. We'll be talking about that in August, the purple and scarlet prophecy. And in September, what happens during the battle of Armageddon? That's the culmination of it all. The battle of Armageddon, uh, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21 in September. So those three documentaries hang together the seven plagues prophecy the purple and scarlet prophecy and the battle of armageddon prophecy we're talking about them in july august and september so thank you friend and truth seeker for being with me and with us until next time make sure you call out to god because according to jeremiah 33 3 he promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know